This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Your radio doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on your radio doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When Recovery Centers of America at Devon opened its campuses on the main line and in South Jersey, they offered a new approach, local addiction treatment led by an expert, caring team of professionals. RCA has since helped thousands and leads the way in innovative programs and exceptional inpatient and outpatient care, all in a beautiful setting that allows for healing and recovery. RCA answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, 365, including the holidays. All admitted patients and staff are routinely tested for COVID-19. Call now at 1-888-RECOVERY. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Sunday morning at 10. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or 10 months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good morning, and welcome in on this holiday weekend. This is your radio doctor, and I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Today we have a very special show, one that I hope will help you enjoy a much safer 4th of July celebration. Joining us is Ms. Elena Mauger the Regional Communications Manager of the American Red Cross of Southeastern Pennsylvania. Elena, welcome so much for coming to speak to us today. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's always worth repeating the wonderful services, the array of services, before we talk about all our first aid and safety tips. Tell us a little, if you would, about the the whole gamut of services that the Red Cross provides. So the Red Cross has a variety of services. You may think of us as the flood and blood organization because we are always assisting in disasters and we collect blood, but we actually do a lot more. We do a lot of uh, safety prevention and training. We have international service and we have service to the armed forces. So the Red Cross really is a full, um, you know, humanitarian agency working hard in, uh, in our region uh, to help everyone out. Beautiful. And, and we'll remind our listeners that you offer courses in CPR training, uh, swim lessons, lifeguard lessons, all those things that we'll touch on today. Let's start with one of our favorite American traditions, fireworks. What are the most important safety issues that we need to remember tonight when we celebrate 4th of July? You know, a lot of people think because fireworks, you know, you can buy them under tents at roadsides and it's, it's a safe thing to do. Um, you know, so many injuries happen every year. It's so important uh, to never um, throw or point fireworks towards people. Of course, that sounds mm-hmm. like common sense, but also don't point them against uh, toward vehicles or structures or any flammable materials. And you should always follow the instructions on the packaging and really never give them to small children. I know growing up, you know, sparklers were always a big thing. And um, that's a that, that's a real scary thing when you really think about what a sparkler is and a child handling that. So just, you know, be really ready and, and 
have a lot of vigilance when you're um, around any kind of fireworks and keep a supply of water close by uh, just in case. And I would think, too, as you say, a little toddler is so you see pictures of little children with a bright light in their face. The first thing they want to do is touch it. And what a severe burn they could acquire from that. And as you say, always keep water nearby. I had an ophthalmologist uh, on earlier this year, and one of the things he mentioned was always have your eyes protected. Wear goggles when you're using any kind of equipment like a saw or anything that um, would shed flecks of wood or something. How about the same here? A, we don't want you to do fireworks, but if you do, wear goggles. Right, absolutely. And, you know, um, another big thing is... When you light the fireworks, you know, we always encounter those like one might be a dud, right? Don't try to relight it. Cut your losses. Don't try to relight a dud firework. Um, Only light one firework at a time. And, you know, the best possible advice I can give anyone is to let the professionals do it. You can go and enjoy a professional fireworks show because we know that they have taken all the safety precautions, including, you know, caring for the area and watering down the area around the fireworks to make sure that we don't inadvertently start any fires. Sure. And and along with going to a professional fireworks display, you can see them better from far away. Don't stand anywhere within 500 feet or farther uh, because you don't want to get any sparks or any issues uh, being too close. I had a neighbor one time who did a road trip from Florida back to our area in Philadelphia and decided to buy fireworks along the way and for a time um, stored their car in a garage and I said oh my gosh the first thing that came to mind was could there be spontaneous combustion if hot enough couldn't couldn't they explode really absolutely you should always store fireworks in a cool dry place Uh, keep them away from where children and pets can get into them because they will because they're curious and that that will happen so you know it's really there's so many things that can go wrong with fireworks and you know we want everyone to have a wonderful summer and a safe summer and a safe july 4th and we know fireworks are a really big part of that but we just want everyone to use a little bit of common sense And we want everybody to go home that night with their fingers attached, too. That's another big issue that the hand surgeons talk about. So we're on the issue of fire. How about grilling? Another America's pastime. But if it rains, we don't want to bring that grill inside. Tell us a little bit about that. (laughs) Do not bring the grill inside. I know if we think back to our Memorial Day holiday, it was a pretty miserable weekend. And, you know, it it can be tempting to want to bring the grill inside, right? Um, That's just never a good idea. That's that's an accident waiting to happen. You should also not, not only should you keep the grill outside, but you should keep it out in the open, at least six feet away from everything, your deck, your uh, trees, tree branches, um, leaves, anything that could catch fire. You know, we don't often think about that. People grill under their deck, not realizing if if a spark happened, you know, that could ignite. Like we wanna keep everything six feet away from the grill. And that includes children and pets and, you know, older adults, elderly people. We, we wanna make sure everyone's safe. It's so easy to fall into that grill and knock it over and have a catastrophe on your hands. What if a dog is running around, you know, and you think, how can I keep the dog away from the grill? It's important because it, it you know, it, it just takes one second for it to happen. So we wanna make sure that the grill is away from everything and away from everyone. Mm-hmm. 
And you see sometimes too, people will have a grill going if you're in a park and you see different, and they'll take their, their can of uh, starter fluid and squirt it and you think, oh my gosh, you must not want your eyelashes or your hair for very long. You don't want to put your uh, charcoal starter fluid on the grill once it's ignited. And we do have the long-handed tools, but it's important to remind people to wear protective gloves too. I mean, they could catch fire, but at least if it's a little spark or something, your hands and, and forearms are protected, right? Absolutely. Um, again, make some common sense decisions. Wear gloves. It doesn't hurt. Um, you know, you're not any less uh, cool because you're you're wearing gloves to grill. Mm-hmm. And you know, also keep the food that you're about to grill safe. Uh, make sure it's that perishable food is in a cooler with lots of ice and freezer packs. Keep it out of the sun until you're ready to grill it. You know, we don't want anyone coming home sick from a picnic for any reason, whether that be a food-related illness or um, a grilling incident. Absolutely. I love you all, but I don't want to see you in my office because you have food poisoning. I want you to just come by and share a cup of coffee with me. (laughs) Great advice, Elena. Let's take a little break, and we'll be right back with your radio doctor. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. Welcome back to Your Radio Doctor. We're so thrilled to have Elena Mauger from the American Red Cross. Elena, we talked about safety around fireworks and grills. Let's go to water safety. There's so much to that that... As we said earlier, these things seem like common sense, but when you have people and you're excited, we tend to forget the basics. Let's talk about why children and adults should learn to swim so they achieve skills of water competency. What does that expression mean, please? That's a great question. And the American Red Cross suggests strongly encourages everyone to be um, to achieve a level of water competency. So that means that someone should be able to take a breath, stay afloat, change their position in the water, um, swim a distance. So uh, that means that swim a distance maybe from the center of a pool to the edge of the pool so they are able to get out and then to get out of the water safely. You don't have to know how to swim. You don't need to be a pro. You just need to be able to stay afloat um, p- paddle your way over to the edge and, and get out. So that is how the Red Cross defines water competency. And every child and adult who goes into a pool needs to achieve that to be as safe as possible. Exactly. And you're not asking for Michael Phelps' level of competency. <laughs> we just want you to be able to remember in a panic situation to just lie back and float and you take yep, a breath. You can float, you can doggy paddle, you can keep breathing, stay calm. Um, you know, you don't have to, to know a certain kind of swimming stroke. Um, doggy paddling is great. Uh, we just want to be, you. we want to be sure that you are able to get in, move around, get out. Yes, and survive till you get help. So uh, there are lots of places where people can swim this weekend. Let's start with outdoors. In any situation, what's the first thing people should remember? The weather. The weather is the most important thing. Um, You should get out of the water with the first sign of lightning or the first rumble of thunder. Don't think, oh, I hear that thunder. It's in the distance. I can stay in the water. 
Mm-hmm. Just get out uh, and stay out for at least 30 minutes after the last flash of lightning or the last rumble of thunder. Um, you know, we want you to be as safe as possible. Lightning strikes water. It's a known fact. It will happen. Why not just take the extra time and make sure you're safe? True. And then pool safety. We little children love to get in the pool. Parents, it's not uh, enough to stand and chit chat with your friends and relatives. You have to keep a constant close eye on your children, whether you're um, in the water or near the water. Tell us a little bit more of those ideas. So we like to use the term, be a water watcher. Um, A water watcher is someone who is designated to sit there or stand there and watch children in a pool. Um, There should always be a responsible adult who is a water watcher. You can take turns. You can rotate every, you know, 15 minutes or half hour. Somebody should have their eyes on the pool with children in it at all times. So, um, you know, both in and near the water, because, you know, it only takes a minute for a, a child to fall into a pool and it doesn't have to be a deep pool. It can be three feet of water and that that can, you know, that a child can drown. And and we want to really make sure that people are very safe around the water. Um, With pools and spas and hot tubs, you should make sure that it's, um, they're completely fenced in and the ladders are taken up. We don't want anyone to be able to accidentally fall into those. And you know, um, a lot of people have kiddie pools in their yard with small children. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. so kiddie pools are great. Flip them over when you're done. So if they fill up with rainwater, somebody could fall in. We don't want to leave them out in the open. We don't want to even leave them just covered if they're not fenced in. We want to drain them and flip them over so that there is no potential issue of anyone falling into it. And I'm glad you raised that point because I think people think it's a little kiddie pool, it's harmless. No. My father was a funeral director. He used to say all these uh, words of wisdom. One of them was, you can drown in a cup of water. Take that baby pool, flip it. That's the best idea. And always swim in an area that has a lifeguard. Don't be foolish. And if and if you decide to go in a little bit, at least have a buddy, somebody watching you. So how about we're uh, talking about the beach now? When you're swimming in an ocean or a lake or river, they're, they're all different environments than a swimming pool. So number one, you want to be sure you have the skills for those environments. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. And if, you know... All children should wear a certified, um, a Coast Guard certified life jacket. Even if they can swim, wear the life jacket. It's not a bad idea for adults either. If you don't have those, if you're not a strong swimmer, if you, even if you are, you know, it's really not a bad idea. If you're in uh, a boat on a river or a lake or um, in the ocean, if, if you have any concerns about your ability to swim, you should be wearing a life jacket. Um, now you're on the beach and uh, you should only swim where there's a lifeguard in the designated areas. How many of us have been, you know, out in the waves and the lifeguard is blowing the whistle because someone's too far out or someone's too far over and people ignore them because they think, oh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. They have that area set up for a reason. They know things that we don't know, such as, you know, there might be a, a hard undertow in another area or something, you know. There's a reason they set those parameters in where they're watching. So it's really important to obey what they're saying because they're doing it for your own well good, 
well-being. I'm sorry. Well, good. Yeah, Doing but, it for and your right. own well And good. they might be getting a radio signal that there's a, a rescue happening on the next beach that they might be called to. So, hey, people on 34th Street, get out of the water because we're being called the 37th Street. So, right. as you say, don't ignore the call. And the other good tip is, and every year we learn about this in medical school and in the emergency room, people are brought in. They've broken their necks because they dive in head first or they want to surf the waves and they hit the dry sand or the, you know, the shallow um, water. And that's that's it for life if you're paralyzed. Absolutely. You should not dive in head first or body surf the waves. Um, and, you know, we're going to this is a holiday weekend. Swim sober. Save yes. the party time for the beach or after the beach. Um, mm-hmm. Stay if you're in the ocean. Um, please swim sober and always with a buddy. Um, even adults go out in, in groups of two because if nothing else, if you get pulled under, someone will be able to signal for help. And mm-hmm. it's really important to be able to uh, make sure we stay as safe as possible while we're having fun. And exactly. And the other thing is, if you do decide to swim out a bit, make sure that you have enough energy stored to swim back. So what do you do if you're caught in a rip current? That's something we should review. So first and foremost, the most important thing is not to panic. That's easier said than done, right? Exactly. Because I'm caught in a riptide. I'm going to panic. But try to remember to not panic, to, um, if you're able to, signal to the shore that you need help. If you're not able to, just take a deep breath and try to float. You're going to be able to float. It's the ocean, you know? So just try to remember the least, the less you panic, the more you'll be able to get out of the riptide. So, you know, um, take deep breaths, try to float, try to relax, try to stay calm. If you're able to get free of it, you can swim, try to swim parallel to the shore. If you can't get to the shore, swim parallel to the shore until you're able to, or just continue to float until you feel that you are able to get out of that, um, that current. And, you know, of course, if, if there is anyone nearby, um, try to signal to them to get help because then a lifeguard will be able to come out and help you. And and oftentimes the lifeguards will, rather than a boat, they'll do a human chain and just connect and reach out to you. And, and like any situation, as you said, any situation that puts you in danger, you're bound to panic. But if you review this yourself with your children and the people with you and you have a plan, that's what makes it less likely that you'll panic because you're prepared. I remember my dad always said, if your brakes fail, pull the emergency brake on. And the one time it happened to me, I was ready. If he hadn't embraced embroiled that in my brain, I wouldn't have been ready. So we're swimming in all these different situations with little children and family. And I think what you said is really true though about the, um, uh, when we're swimming, not in a pool, but in nature, the, the, the ocean or a lake, especially if it's a place you've never been before, learn what you can about the environment wear the life jackets or swimmies and uh, just be smart about it and you'll have a much safer and, and better holiday. We'll be right back after this break with Elena Mauger from the American Red Cross. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, and your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. 
Welcome back to your radio doctor. I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie, and we're talking about safety on the 4th of July. Elena is from the American Red Cross, and we were talking about water safety. Tell us that phrase that the American Red Cross loves to share. So it's reach, throw, don't go. So what does that mean? So if someone is in distress in the water, and you know, unless you are a lifeguard and you are prepared to jump in and handle that, you yourself should not do that. You should not jump into the water because chances are there's now going to be two people that need to be rescued, especially if that person is caught in a current or something like that. So really important, you can if you can reach out to them with something, if you can reach out to them with a tree branch, if you're up on a pier and you can reach out to them with your, you know, grab their hand, that's you know, definitely you can do that. Throw something to them, throw something to them that floats, that'll help them hang on to it. Um, So reach them, reach out to them, throw something to them, but do not yourself go out to them. And you make a great... We don't want to rescue two people. <laughs> yeah, for, for two reasons, not just because there might be a rip current, but sometimes the, the rescuer goes in to help the person who's panicking and the panicking person can pull the other person down because they're Absolutely. flailing and such. Let's go to an open, large space like a, a water park or even any park. The first thing, well, it'll be a hot, sunny day, especially on a holiday, a lot of people. So Step number one, I would think, would be create a buddy system so that no child is alone, but also have a designated area to meet if you do get separated. Yes? I mean, it's easier today with cell phones. This is a great idea. And, you know, small children might not have a cell phone, especially at a water park. So think about um, think about how a water park works. We go down the slide often one person at a time. So there are people then that have to wait at the bottom of the slide mm. for the rest of their group to come down. Well, what happens if a child wanders off? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, make it very clear. And this, this can apply to a, a water park, an amusement park, um, any really any any large place, any, a carnival, like it can apply to so many things. Have a designated spot. Like if for some reason we get separated and you can't find us, go to this spot and we will all meet here again. And um, and make it very clear, especially to children, that they need to wait there until, um, you, you know, they can either, you know, if they see a, a police officer or something and they can ask for help, but like wait there and not wander off and not keep wandering around looking. We want, we want everyone to be safe. And of course, as in the other situations, make sure the lifeguards are on duty before you go into the water, follow the instructions. How about protective clothing? You're out on a hot sunny day, as you say, especially if it's a water park and you're up and down the, the steps and sliding down, make sure you're wearing sunscreen, but that washes off. So what else could you do? So you need to make sure that you have some kind of cover up for when you're you're done in the sun. Let's say um, you know you're you've gone up and down the slide uh, several times. You're a little bit tired. You want to take a break. Make sure you put on a hat. Make sure you have you know some protective clothing you can put on to cover yourself a little bit from the sun. And, you know, so many of us, and I'm guilty of this, you know, I put on sunscreen before I go, but I forget to reapply it. And especially when you're in and out of the water, you have to reapply it um, numerous times Mm -hmm. um, because, and, um, you know, water really actually increases the likelihood that you're going to burn because there's the reflection of it, right? So if we're around water, sunscreen is so incredibly important. 
Sure. And, and again, don't just depend on the lifeguards. Be the mom or dad or guardian of your uh, family and friends in that water. And we've all heard every summer of as much as they make the water park safe, I don't know what they're called, but it's that three to four feet of water in a simulated water or ocean. It's just like that flowing water. And if it's crowded enough and a little guy falls under, it might be a while before somebody notices. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And those pools, those those wave pools get so incredibly crowded and people have boogie boards and, you know, they could ram into a, unintentionally like knock over a child and that that child could go under and nobody even knows it happened. So that's why in addition to making sure there's a lifeguard on duty, you really still, as the responsible adult there, um, need to have that water watcher and make sure that you can see where that where the children you're responsible for are at all times. Mm-hmm. And if you're an adult, use the buddy system because an adult can get knocked over by a boogie board, right? We want to make exactly. everyone safe as possible. No, you raise a good point. And, and again, you're going to signal a lifeguard. That's what they're there for. And if you see somebody in trouble, you want to yell first to get their attention. Do not go in after the person yourself because you're just going to literally cloud the water. You're going to get in other people's way, maybe knock other people over. Follow the protocol, yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Alina, let's talk about heat stroke a little bit because whether it's global warming or not, uh, these summers are getting hotter. And um, what are the signs of heat stroke? I know uh, hot, red skin. Tell us a little bit more what we should look for. Sure. So there's there's three ways. Like heat stroke is the, is the final stage of of um, a bad really a bad heat illness. So it often can start with heat cramps. So if you feel like you're having some cramping. That's a clue that you need to hydrate, get out of the sun, get into a cool area, because it's only going to progress. And from heat cramps, we progress to heat exhaustion. And this is where we have cold sweat and we're clammy. And, you know, at this point, we can still go in a cool area. We can use uh, wet compresses to cool ourselves down. It's, It's not an emergency at this point, but we need to make sure we get it taken care of. When we're at the point of a heat stroke, um, you can either have very dry skin, um, you may be unconscious, your skin will be red hot, it may be clammy, Um, you will probably experience some kind of vomiting, your temperature can be about 103. This is an emergency, this is not a situation, if someone is losing consciousness at this point, you need to call 911. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. In the meantime, get, yes, get that person in the shade and, um, you know, the air conditioning if possible and use cool compresses to cool their skin. But but you must call 911 because this is this is a medical emergency at this point. And it's so important. I, I think you did a great job explaining the various stages. And I guess if by the end it's heat stroke, the skin might be dry because they've already become dehydrated. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. At this point, um, you know, they're probably not even able to drink water because they're going to be semi-conscious or unconscious. So in the heat exhaustion phase, if they're able to drink water, you know, continue to do that. They may even vomit in that phase. Um, You know, it's when you start losing the consciousness or start, you know, feeling um, the the dryness and and really the dehydration that, that we really it becomes a medical emergency. Right. 
So it might be a good idea for everybody to think about having an emergency kit in their cars, right? What would you put in an emergency kit? Oh, all kinds of good stuff. You know, there's the standard, um, you know, band-aids, um, antiseptic, alcohol wipes, neosporin, um, you know, probably some kind of painkiller, Tylenol or Advil, um, you know, some kind of um, like a, a Benadryl, you know, in case there's an allergic reaction. Often, you know, a, if, if someone gets stung by a bee and is having um, an anaphylactic reaction to that, um, Benadryl may increase their chances of survival until, you know, help can arrive. Um, you know, things like ace bandages, a tourniquet, a splint. It's important you know how to use those things, too. Um, you shouldn't use a tourniquet if you're not sure what you're doing, but hopefully uh, if you have the right equipment, somebody in the uh, vicinity should be able to help. And if I can just put a plug in real quick, um, the Red Cross does have a wonderful uh, free first aid app and you can download it from any app store it's called the red cross first aid app and it, go, it takes you through every possible scenario you can think of um that where someone might need first aid from the very minor to you know the life-threatening and it's a good resource to have that is a wonderful resource. I'm glad you bring that up because, as you say, people buy kits and they don't ever review what's in there, how to use them. And one of those situations, especially, as we say, if you're at a big park and it's an open area, by the time you call 911, it could take a while. Now, I'm sure a lot of parks now have um, medics on staff for, for those kind of situations. But think about it. If you're in a lake or a remote area, even the beach, it could take a while for first aid to get there. That's why the Red Cross, it's so important for people to remember that it's worth taking a CPR course. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. But um, for those people that have allergies, if they, they carry an EpiPen, we always say carry two, carry a double, because if you use try to use the first one, it's defective, you have a backup. Or if you use it and then you have a rebound with your symptoms again, you have another pen until you get to the hospital. But so important. And, and with EpiPens, they can never be in an area that's too hot or too cold. So the, the people have to figure out a way, maybe a thermos uh, container to carry their EpiPens to the hot beach or hot water park, yes? That's that's great information. Absolutely. And, you know, especially if you have children and, you, and you're responsible for children and maybe they're not your own, you know, it's important to know what those children's um, health issues may be. It's important to know that they have an EpiPen and what they are allergic to so that you, you know, can be aware and can treat them as as required. And as an adjunct to what you just said, know their medications or their medical issues and have a piece of paper from the other mom or dad that if they do fall or get hurt or have an asthma attack or something, that you take them to the nearest ER and you have a piece of paper that says, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, give me permission to take care of their son, Johnny, or their daughter, Mary. That's great information. That's a mm -hmm. wonderful idea. Let's come back after a quick break to our recap with Elena Morgan from the Red Cross. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented in part by Recovery Centers of America. When needed, call RCA 1-888-RECOVERY. A special thank you to Elena Mauger from the American Red Cross. We've learned so much about safety today, Elena. We should recap the most important topics, fireworks, enjoy the professional ones, and if if you're going to be brave enough to do your own 
protect your eyes with goggles, keep water nearby, don't relight a dud, and don't point them toward a child or pet or anything flammable like a car. Water safety, use the buddy system, swim in front of lifeguards only, pay attention to their signals, life jacket especially if you're in a boat or you're in a new environment like a lake or river you've never visited before yeah and get out immediately if you hear thunder or see lightning and stay inside till 30 minutes pass from the last um, spot of lightning and parents please pay attention to your children your most precious gift if they are in or near the water and sunscreen that's a given my friends wear hats <laughs> and wear a shirt when you're swimming elena you have some great messages Tell us the final ones you'd like to share. So the Red Cross offers a variety of training that can help you have a a safe summer. Um, We offer swimming lessons for all ages and all abilities. Um, We also, our our CPR, first aid classes, are very popular. We have a variety of them. We even offer um, some CPR, first aid classes for families so that, you know, children can be included in that as well. Um, There is a shortage right now in our region of certified lifeguards. So the Red Cross does offer um, Red Cross certified lifeguard training. So if that's something you think you might be interested in, there is a need this summer uh, for you to uh, to help um, and get paid while doing it. So that's, uh, you know, that's a great job opportunity for a lot of people. Um, finally, I, I really want to talk just a moment about the importance of donating blood. Now you think, what does blood have to do with safety? Well, you know, the blood needs to be at the hospital for when an emergency occurs. So, you know, right now our region is experiencing a severe blood shortage. We have less than a half day supply of certain types of blood um, on the hospital shelves. And for some perspective, we try to keep a five day supply at all times. So blood donation is incredibly important right now and needed. And I would encourage you, if you're interested in any of these things or any of the subjects we talked about today, to learn more by going to redcross.org. And swimming lessons for your children, starting at what age do you offer? Two, three years of age? Very young. Yeah, you can start, um, I believe, at age two. Um, There's something pretty much for everyone. There's, There's no under, there's no lower age limit to when you should make sure your children are have water competency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're going to be around the water, it needs to happen. CPR training, even basic CPR, you could save someone's life when you're on a train walking down the street. Donate your blood. We need it more than ever. As you say, we like a five-day supply. Right now, nationally, isn't it below one-day supply in hospitals is. across the country? How scary. It's and very red, scary. Yeah, the Red Cross has saved millions, millions of lives. Please donate your time, your dollars. Redcross.org is the place to visit, and I love your first aid app as well. Elena Mauger, thank you so much for joining us today. You're fantastic, and thank you for arranging next week. We'll hear from one of your medical directors about how people can donate blood. Thank you so much, Dr. Ritchie. Happy 4th. And now for your real champion, Jeff Beauchamp. I call this segment the beautiful land. Haiti, a Caribbean country which shares the island of Hispaniola with the Dominican Republic. There live 11.4 million people, making it the most populous country in the Caribbean. 
originally inhabited by indigenous Taino people from South America. In 1492, Christopher Columbus arrived, thought he reached India or China, and founded the first European settlement in the Americas. The French came later and settled in the western part of the island, Saint-Domingue. By 1804, the Haitian Revolution made it the first independent nation in Latin America or Caribbean, and the only state in history established by a successful slave revolt. Today, their biggest battle is abject poverty. It's considered one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. While on his first mission, Bryn Mawr hospital surgeon Dr. Tony Coletta was so moved by the desperate situation he witnessed that he founded the Blue Sky Surgical Team. Every year since 2007, Blue Sky has traveled to Haiti to perform surgery on these needy, underserved citizens, and to date, over 1,000 patients have been treated. Made up of doctors, nurses, and medical personnel from the greater Philadelphia region, these volunteers give their time and money to provide much-needed care to God's neediest children. The Blue Sky team works respectfully with Haitian doctors, nurses, and medical personnel to build a sustainable medical resource, not to displace or marginalize these fellow healthcare providers. This incredible mission of Dr. Tony Coletta and his lead anesthesiologist, Dr. John Sauter of Lankanal Hospital, when other people hear about it, they want to help. Enter nurse Maggie Adams. With years of experience in the operating arena, now the operating room administrator at Lansdale Hospital, and her husband, Jeff Beauchamp. Maggie saw the need to raise money to pay for medical supplies and to fund travel expenses for volunteer nurses who use their vacation time for the mission. Jeff shared his skills by making Blue Sky Surgical an official nonprofit, and together, Maggie and Jeff have raised thousands of dollars. Recently, Jeff visited Haiti to visit one of the hospitals where the team hopes to work. His eyes were opened when his plane near the airport. He was struck by the beauty of an ancient French stone fortress high atop a mountain, in stark contrast to the harsh, abject poverty suffered by so many of the Haitian people. We admire doctors and nurses for their selfless dedication to serve the sick, especially in this monumental effort. But here's what intrigued me about this story. Jeff Beauchamp is a layperson. Fever, blood, bandages, they're not typically part of his workday. And after years of work as an attorney, Jeff is now taking a course to learn how to sterilize surgical equipment and training to become an orderly. As Jeff says, I want to help in any way they can use me. Like all team members, this mission has become a calling. Jeff is entering into a world of medical care that's not without risk. Jeff believes that we as Americans take far too much for granted. We can find issues with our country's health care that need some fine-tuning, but many of the people in Haiti have no meaningful health care and live in a stratified society, making many even more destitute. His message, get involved. Don't wait for other people to invite you to join. Jeff Beauchamp. In French, beau means beautiful, and champ means field or farm. The dedication of these good people will surely make Haiti a more beautiful land. We salute you, Jeff Beauchamp, and your wife, Maggie Adams, and the entire Blue Sky Surgical team. You're real champions. As always, thank you for sharing your Sunday morning with us. Keep our safety tips from the Red Cross in mind as you enjoy a wonderful 4th of July with your family, friends, and neighbors. As I quote my dear father, Francis Joseph Ritchie, swallow some firecrackers and your hair will come out in bangs. Listen to our show again and all of our shows, Your Real Champions, on yourradiodoctor.net. Join us next week as the Red Cross joins us again to discuss donating blood at this time of national shortage. 
Stay tuned for the sounds of Sinatra, and I hope they play one of my favorites today, The House I Live In, with the beautiful refrain, That's America to Me. A very special thank you to the men and women in our armed services who are keeping us safe as we speak, and for all those who have already given of their service, suffered injuries, separation from families, and those who gave the ultimate sacrifice of their lives, so we can enjoy our freedom. Remember them when you salute the flag. Happy birthday to the U.S. of A. and God bless America. This is your radio doctor, Dr. Mary Ann Ritchie, helping you to always remember that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Mary Ann Ritchie, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.